Today's podcast is brought to you by Missional Wear. Missional Wear has some of the best reformed gear, clothing, and whatnot for all your needs. Head on over to missionalwear.com slash docandevo for great deals. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. The way your daughter runs. I know. We're outside. <laughs> we're outside. And all the youth from our youth group are running around, and most of them... Now you're fine, Jake. Don't worry about it. Mo- most of them run like, uh, like up, they've David? never run before. Hello? They, hello? They run, they, they run like zombies walk. That's how they run in the youth. No, yeah. These kids got to learn how to run. There's a couple of, like, my son knows how to run, but my daughter, Catherine. No, she does not. No. And they're all making fun of her right now for yeah. how she's running. Yeah. Look, they're about, yep, they're running like her. Oh, now, my, my, now my boy's fighting Ian. Uh, your, your boy's going to lose that fight. No way. Yeah, he, oh. Ian, Ian does not know. Oh, no. Ian. Eli? Eli's tough, man. Eli's been in wrestling. No. And I beat him up all the time. <laughs> he knows what's up. No, no. I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Yep. So uh, here we are on the back porch of our church. The mm-hmm. kids are out there doing something. Um, well, they're, they're playing. I bet you they're going to play some kickball. I don't see a ball. You I see, see the ball? ball. Yep, there's the ball. All right. Allison has it. All right. Allison Cook. Yep. All right. Man, we've got such a great team of adults out there. Oh, man. I know. Like young couples. <laughs> and here we are just on the back porch smoking. Smoking, <laughs> <laughs> smoking cigars. <laughs> oh, we're going to get emails about that. Um yeah, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, you know. Chill day. Uh, yeah. Chill day. day. Had a, uh, got to spend some time with some friends over at their house. Our CG got nice. together. Nice. Little party. Uh, little party. Backyard I had to leave party. early, but that was about it. But Cool, man. Yep. Yep. I'm yep. excited to be here. It's a nice day. And now we got the youth over there playing. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Nice ambient noise, man. Mm-hmm. Watch the kids. Because you can't fun. smoke inside. That's uh, illegal. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, uh, we, we were doing a live video a while ago when we mentioned youth group and somebody was like, you guys have a youth group? Uh, yeah, man, we're down with a good youth group. Like, there's ba- all these bad examples of youth groups where there's no discipleship happening. But we love the idea yeah. of a healthy youth group, which really does function sort of like a, a small group or, yeah, a, or a core group. Yeah, we just kind of call another CG. So what these guys do is they get together, and uh, instead of sitting around and talking about politics, they'll, uh, you know, before the study begins, they might play a game of kickball or ultimate yep. frisbee. Or, or go get some froyo. Yeah, instead of drinking coffee or whatever, they'll go get some froyo like they did tonight. And now they're back here, and um, they're going to play a game. But they'll, they've also will study, and they, they're studying through books of the Bible yeah. and various doctrines. Schmanke's and, uh, killing it. Yep, Jake Schmanke is doing a great he job. Is, my very, goodness, very cool. he is a fantastic youth leader, man. We dude. are immensely blessed. Yeah, we are. And all the volunteers are awesome, and all the kids. No, but them, they all so. they're, they all pair, pale in comparison to Jake Schmanke. Well, I, I, listen, if I, I don't think Jake listens, but all the other people listen, so you might want to reword that. No, you guys, yeah, Jake is nothing without you. There you go. That's how you do it. What are we talking about today, man? Today we're going to be talking about 1689 federalism. Ooh, what's wrong? <laughs> oh, Jimmy's coughing. What is wrong with you? I didn't okay. want to cough into the mic. Okay, well, good. I'm glad we got these nice arms. You can push it up. And I know. I was, hack I, your I, lungs I was like, out. I'm just going to say it. You need to ease up on the cigars, son. You need dude, to ease up on the cigars. Dude, this is only my third today. Yeah, Second see? today. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot, dude. Oh, Joe, by this time, you're on your fifth. No, first of all, no, I'm not. Second of all, it's, oh, it's many? Sunday. Okay, so you've only had three so far. Two. One at home. And I'm smoking the so same. So we're at the same number. You're at three. I said two. You're backtracking. I did. I said three, and then I said two. Six, Go back, rewind, six, right. and listen to it. 
1689 federalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sort of sounds like something that uh, like uber patriotic liberty guys would be into. Like 1689 in America, in 1689, you know, before it was America, you know, it was just, when it was a colonies. Um, but that's not what it is. If you don't know what 1689 federalism is, it is Baptist covenant theology or Reformed Baptist yeah, covenant yeah. theology of a particular stripe. So um, if we're talking about 1689 Federalism, uh, what we want to encourage you to do is go to 1689federalism.com. I'm not yeah. going to spell it for you. If you can't spell that, you have no business trying to learn what it is yet. So learn how to spell and then go to 1689federalism.com and watch the videos by some amazing uh, Reformed Baptist theologians and I mean, pastors. you got Jim the Man Renahan. you got Sam Renahan. You've got Richard Barcelos. I yeah. mean... Great guys, the videos are really well done. Really well done. Uh, I, I, they're they're very fair and they're they're very very good. And and this is the position that that, that we hold to as it relates to Baptist Covenant theology. And so uh, we want to encourage you guys to go there, and we'll have some book recommendations at the end of the episode as well. Now, when we're talking about covenant theology, big picture, right? Yeah. Just what it is essentially. Um, we're talking about a way of understanding the whole of Scripture. It is, in a sense, a system, right? Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a systematic way of understanding or making sense of the whole of Scripture and the history of redemption. Now, every th- uh, theological discipline has this, right? We have uh, dispensationalism, we have covenant yeah. theology, and a, and a myriad of things uh, in between or different from those. Now, um, in, in covenant theology, if we're going to talk about that. The first thing that we should probably do is define what a covenant is. Right, Jimmy. What, what would you say uh, a covenant is, or what's at least a common way of of explaining what a covenant is? Uh, I would say it's a uh, the, or the common way is uh, uh, it's a sovereign commitment between God and man. Right. Good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a sovereign commitment between two people. Right. Yep. And and in, in scripture, the ones that we're talking about are between God and man. It's oftentimes a promise. In fact, yep. it's almost always a promise. Uh, I think it is always a promise. Promise for action. Right? And so it's a promise that or of action. S- sometimes it comes with stipulations mm-hmm. and sometimes it does not, or conditions. So like the Noahic covenant, the, the covenant that God makes with Noah is simply what? I'm not going to do that again. I'm not yeah, going to destroy yeah, the yeah. earth with a flood again. And you look at the bow in the sky, that's the reminder that I am forever keeping this covenant. So that's that's a covenant without stipulations. Yeah. Other other covenants between God and man are promises with stipulations or conditions, and those stipulations are based on performance. It's either the performance of men mm-hmm. or it's the performance of God. So, like, 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 think of the Mosaic covenant, right? Right. No, the Mosaic covenant is: um, if you obey my law, I'm going to bless and protect you as a nation. That's right. You're going to flourish. If you disobey my law and go after false idols, then I'm going to bring judgment upon you. And kick you from the land. And eventually, yes, you will lose control of the land. Ultimately, I will take you out of yeah. the land. So you can break that covenant. And um, so these covenants, covenant theologians believe that it's covenants that frame all of Scripture and all of history. Mm. That that God has been in covenantal relationships with humanity from the very beginning. There's never been a time when God is related to human beings apart from covenants and we'll talk about this in the garden of eden before the fall there was a covenantal relationship yeah yeah. and then uh in eternity uh that relationship is established based on a covenant as well and so when you're when you're looking at at like say dispensationalism what they generally would see is that god has been interacting with people in different dispensations. Yeah. And so they still different see ways. these covenants, but these different the, these dispensations are ways that God interacts with people in different epochs, they used to say. Mm. And um, and there's a lot more to covenant theology, just like there's a lot more to covenant theology than covenants. 
Um, so, but they have a framework, and covenant theology has a framework. And the basic framework for covenant theology is that there is a covenant of works in the garden yeah. before the fall, and there is a covenant of grace after the fall by which men and women are saved from their sin and from what, all that has come from the covenant of works. Those are the two basic things that are true of all covenant theologies. So when we talk about the covenant works that you already alluded to, we're talking about the Garden of Eden. Right. Right. So in the in the Garden of Eden, and we're actually going to re- have a podcast for you dropping after this one on the covenant of works. We yeah. want to go into that. But in short, the covenant of works is the covenant that God had with Adam and Eve. And I know the word covenant's not there. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But there is there is a promise, and there are stipulations, and there are consequences for breaking it. So in the beginning um, uh, of, of creation, mm-hmm. you have Adam and Eve, and they were... They were tasked with certain responsibilities to be fruitful and multiply, to exercise dominion over creation, um, so on and so forth. Uh, they were not supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Yep, yep. but they could eat of all the other trees. If they ate of that tree, if they broke God's law, then they would die. Yeah. Right? There would be... They would, would be, surely die. They would be, there would be punishment. So there is... And, and if they were to keep God's law, uh, we, we will see next uh, in the next episode, is that um, there was the promise of life yeah. based on the tree of life that they could have eaten from had they obeyed God's uh, laws. Now, again, we'll, we'll come back to that. So that's the covenant of works in the mm-hmm. garden. It is do this and live. If you don't do it or if you disobey me, you're going to die. That's why it's called a covenant of works. It's based on our work. And so then in between you know, the covenant of works and the covenant of grace, which we'll get into in a moment, you already mentioned the Abrahamic, the Mosaic, and the Davidic covenants that right. all pointed to the covenant of grace. Right, right. Now, now, different covenant theologians look at these things somewhat differently. All covenant theologians believe in a covenant of works and a covenant of grace. But the um, the Presbyterian, or, or not just the Presbyterian, but the, but the Pado-Baptist covenant theologians, they would say that the Abrahamic, the Mosaic, and the Davidic covenant are all a part of the covenant of grace. As soon as the covenant of works ends, God begins the new the, the covenant of grace by which people are saved, promising Jesus mm-hmm. ultimately in um, in the in the new covenant. So it's the same essence, just different administrations. That's the word. Those are the words that they use. There's there's, there's one essential covenant of grace made up of Abrahamic, Mosaic, Davidic, New. That's that's all one covenant, mm-hmm. but it's administered in different ways, and that's a very smart. Um, it's 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 you could say it's biblical. They're making a biblical argument. It's very internally consistent. Mm-hmm. We don't see that as Reformed Baptists or as 1689 Federalists. What we see is that the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and the Davidic covenant are between the covenant of works and the covenant of grace. They point back to the covenant of works in some ways, and they point forward to the covenant of grace in other ways. No one is saved by virtue of the Abrahamic covenant. No one is saved by virtue of the Mosaic covenant or the Davidic covenant. But they are saved even while they existed inside those covenants. They're saved by the promise of the covenant of grace, which is the new covenant. A faith and a future hope. Right, right, right. So this, and of course now our our Pado-Baptist friends would say, yeah, well, we believe that too, but we believe that these are a part of that covenant of grace. So we're seeing some differences here, and these become important as we begin to look at the differences um, between what the new covenant and the covenant of grace looks like Mm -hmm. today. Uh, We don't have time to get into all of that, but what we do want to say is that the gospel was present in seed form in the Abrahamic, Mosaic, and Davidic covenants. they they pointed to Christ and people believed in the promise of the new covenant, but 
But that new, and again, Baptists would see the new covenant and the covenant of grace as the same thing. Those are synonyms. So the covenant of grace was promised throughout these covenants, but it wasn't covenanted. It wasn't established until Christ came, lived, died, and rose again. So we don't see one administration, I mean, one, one essence, different administrations of the covenant of grace in those various covenants. We see that those are different covenants all leading up to the point, the covenant of grace. And really, um, what we're seeing here is, I think what, what Paul reflects quite a bit is that, you know, when, when you look at Paul in, in, say, Galatians or in Hebrews, if Paul wrote Hebrews, whoever wrote Hebrews, that, um, that the old covenant, which is the Mosaic covenant, the old covenant is over. It is gone. And it, and the new covenant does what the old covenant could not do. And so there is, there is discontinuity and distinction between these covenants. And we embrace that. Um, I would say we, we, we see that discontinuity, uh, in, in greater measure than our Pado Baptist friends would. Now, Baptist though, when, when we talk about covenant theology, where do we go confessionally, Jimmy, to, to kind of point, uh, point to where this is coming from theologically? Well, I mean, some people would uh, go over to missionaware.com slash Dr. Devo. <laughs> you can get it there, too. You can get it there, too. I mean, they, you know, Jeff is, is confessional. He's reformed, and he's got some— Is he some, Baptist? Uh, no, I actually—you know what? I don't— Is he a baby sprinkler? I, that boy sprinkles the okay. babies. I have suspicion that he is. I've can never you, really asked him. I've made fun me, of him. Okay, last time you saw him, last time you saw him, was his shirt tucked in or was it untucked? <laughs> I think it was tucked in. He's a Presbyterian. <laughs> that's all. That's how you can tell, guys. <laughs> Though wet did... hands and tucked in shirts. That's how you can tell. <laughs> well, he did kept. You know, he kept trying to baptize babies at the uh, at the fountain at the fountain right there. Yeah, nah, he did do that. But no, you can head on over missionaware.com slash doc and devo. Why would and, they go there? Well, there. There's some great confessional material. There's some great. Uh, what they got. Uh, they got T-shirts. They've got yeah. journals. They've got mugs. They probably got... only have like smalls, right? Like Presbyterians, like, like a bunch of smalls. No, no, they have the extra, extra large they, for the uh, Reformed Baptist guys. Ooh, you got it all. Oh, they got it all. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, you can head on over there, grab yourself a journal, grab yourself a T-shirt, grab yourself a hoodie, grab yourself some mugs. I mean, you know, Father's Day is coming yeah, up. You're going to want to grab this, this stuff for yourself or for your father or for your husband or for that guy or gal in your life that loves... Uh, your baby daddy? What? Some people might have a baby daddy. Here's the thing, though. You and I were talking about this this last week. What? Their stuff, their designs. Oh, man. All right. Peter Voth is killing it. Let let me just say this about Mission Aware. I'm just going to say it like that. Mission Aware, like any good company, grows and matures and develops. And their old designs, and I've talked to Jeff about this. No, Jeff knows. Jeff knows. Their old designs, they're all right. I'd give him a D plus. But. Ah, C minus. No. Uh, on, by, on a Presbyterian scale, they can, they, they can get a B minus even. Um, they've got sick designs. They're great. And My Peter goodness. Voth is killing you it designing so much. I, mean, I, I know. I'm mad. I'm mad. Here's the thing, though. I, I want wish, those coasters. I, but I wish they weren't leather. Yeah. Glass etched. Glass etched. I think, come on, Jeff, you could do it. I got to call. I got to text him. Call that guy. Call that guy. You got to put him in glass, man. All right, but listen, though, though I mean, even you know, if I had those coasters, I wouldn't use them. I would just want them on my end table because they look awesome. In fact, I would tell people, don't put them, don't put your glass on that thing. Those are for looks. Put it on the wood. No, but they look good. And you know what they've also got? They've got that set. They got the pine glass and the rock glass. Rocks glass with the Voth design? No, they, with the D and D design. You can only get them there for. Wait, they can get Doctrine Devotion stuff. They can get those two things. We gave them the okay. Really? Yep. 
But yep. this is limited time. Limited time. All right, and, so go okay, over there sorry, and buy our I, stuff. I guess I forgot to tell Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I gave him permission. He asked. All right, good. All right, I gave you permission to give him permission. No, permission granted. I just granted know? it to you. All right, um, but you can also use the promo code DOCADEVO, save $10 off all orders over $50. Now, listen, if you're not going to be he- you know, you're going to head on over to missionaware.com, but after that. But don't just go to missionaware.com. Missionaware.com slash DOCADEVO. Right. But after that, after that, right. you need to head on over or. Well, Joe Thorne. You go to Joe Thorne's blog. Just Google Joe Thorne 1689, and you will have the 1689 London Baptist, the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, or grab the Second London Baptist. If you've got it on here, I'm just saying if you don't have it, you can jump on that website and you can follow along with what we're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. 1689. I'm sorry. Joe Thorne.net slash 1689. That's it. And right there, you want to click on Chapter 7. Okay. So you're answering my question now. As Reformed Baptists, we point back to our confession. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is chapter 7 in the 1689? Uh, of God's covenant. Oh, kind, mm-hmm. of on, kind of on the point. A little on the nose, not very creative. Yeah, there are Baptists. They, they should have called it like, uh, like if it was written today by some like hipster guy, it would be called like um, Promises. All right, just stop. Promises and, and Precursors. Yeah, that's what it would be called. Go. All right, I'm going to read paragraph 1. All right, paragraph 1. The distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obedience to him as the creator, yet they could never have attained the reward of life but by some voluntary condescension on God's part. We're talking about humility there when he talks about that, right? Yeah. Uh, On God's part, which he hath been pleased to express by way of covenant. There it is. Paragraph 2 says, Moreover, Man having brought himself under the curse of the law by his fall, it pleased the Lord to make a covenant of grace, there it is, wherein he freely offers unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, requiring of them faith in him that they may be saved, and promising to give unto all those that are ordained unto eternal life his Holy Spirit to make them willing and able to believe. That's good. That's pretty reformed. Yeah. I like it. Well, paragraph three. Does it get better? Yeah. Keeps keeps getting better. Well, this is where it ends. This is where it culminates. This covenant is revealed in the gospel. First of all, to Adam and the promise of salvation by the seed of the woman. We're talking about uh, Genesis 3.15. Be there. And afterwards, by farther steps, until the full discovery thereof was completed in the New Testament. And it is founded in that eternal covenant transaction that was between the Father and the Son about the redemption of the elect talks about that that's the covenant of redemption right is that right. is that what we're talking about there yep covenant of the elect and it is alone by the grace of this covenant that all posterity of fallen adam that ever were saved did obtain life and blessed immortality man being now utterly incapable of acceptance with god upon those terms on which adam stood in his state of innocence innocency that's great, man. I mean, so this is so packed. It is so dense. Yeah, you, yeah. you really need to spend a lot of time and read a lot of extra works on this to help unpack it. This is just a confession of faith. And it is quite a bit different from the Westminster here. Um, a lot of changes were made and a lot was, was taken out to reflect a Baptist position on covenant theology. Now, Jimmy, you mentioned something, the covenant of redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the covenant of grace is is God's promise to save sinners through the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. Yes. The only condition upon which uh, people are entering into that covenant is faith. Okay, that's the covenant of grace. It's God's covenant with us. The covenant of redemption was that covenantal relationship made between, or that covenant made between father and son in eternity past. Um, 
the, the, the father committed to give the son a people for his own possession. The son covenanted with the father to die for, ransom those particular people. That's the covenant of redemption, and we'll have some resources in that. Um, Charles Hodge has a great treatment of that mm-hmm. in his Sistio. We have, we have other books um, that we're going to recommend as well. So, 1689 Federalism is Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology. And the reason that I say that this is a stripe or a strand or a brand of Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology is because this is really the the, the, the Reformed Baptist Covenant Theology of the 17th century. Um, covenant theology among Baptists, you know, sort of faded for a long, long time. Yeah. And with the Reformed Baptist movement coming back strong... Like in the a night- resurgence. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> resurgence, resur- without the abuse. Um, oh. uh, the, the, there was this uh, resurgence of yeah. Reformed Baptist theology that really came about in the 60s. And so we, we have these, these publications and these writings coming out from Reformed Baptists, and a lot of it reflected more of the Pado Baptist view of covenant theology yeah. than the 17th century Reformed Baptist theology. And so this 1689 federalism relies heavily, um, obviously on scripture, but, but in terms of theological resources, on those men that wrote the 1689 and on those men who um, were writing at that time and, and arguing with their, their brothers and sisters from the Pado Baptist covenant theology side. So we want to encourage you guys to get some books on this that will help you to understand this particular perspective. Now, one of them is sort of a it's sort of a big one. We want you to to pick this up. It's called Recovering a yeah. Covenantal Heritage, yes. written by multiple authors. Um, it's a big one. It's really important. You can go to rbap.net to pick that up. Um, RBAP Reformed Baptist Academic Press. They're putting out amazing books. Great material, man. So go there, get that book. And the other book that you absolutely have to get is The Distinctiveness of Baptist Covenant Theology by Pascal Deneau. Yeah. It is. Uh, he's uh, this French-Canadian guy. He's got a newer edition coming out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's even improved it. He's got some pushback in certain areas, and he realized, okay, no, i gotta, I got to change this or, or fix that. But yeah. overall, it's an improved work. You've got to get it. Um, these are going to be really helpful. And even if you wind up disagreeing with Baptist Covenant Theology or 1689 Federalism, um, these are a great place for you to start. Hang on. Right. Yeah, that's right. We're winning. Everybody, winning. who won? Oh, oh, this is such Jake, that's what a kind weak of sauce right is there. That? No All losers. Winners. There's got to be a loser. Hey, who were the losers? Oh, Satan. Oh, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's teaching them well. So that's where you that's where you guys really ought to go if you want to get into this yeah. um uh a little bit uh more more deeply. Um but definitely go to 1689federalism.com. Start there. Then get those books and and get going. So I mean, Joe. I think uh, I want to finish with with uh, maybe just giving some clarity. Now, there's a lot of people that I think listen to the podcast that don't have uh, that haven't read as we have that that haven't studied as as others have, um, and they might be confused with the whole like the terminology of uh, administration essence. What's the difference between these covenants and, and, and why is there a difference, I think, uh, when we talk about those that are, are Pado mm. and those that are Reformed Baptist? Right. So, well, there, um, 
Sam Sorry, Renahan. I'm not trying to go back to that. Yeah, I'm no, just, no. I just want to make sure yeah, we, we Sam, end well, on that. Yeah, Sam Renahan has a really helpful way of talking about this. And, and so before I share his analogy, think about it like this. Um, Pado baptists who are covenant theolo- theologians, would say that God's promise to save sinners is one big covenant made up of multiple covenants, smaller covenants. And so it's one covenant that, it, that takes different shape or different forms at different times. Okay. Whereas Baptists would say, no, um, the covenant of grace is one particular covenant, not made up of other covenants. It is the new covenant. Those terms would be synonymous. And those other covenants um, stand together but separate from the covenant of grace, pointing toward it. And it was those were to bring about the nation mm. and the Savior. But Sam Waldron said, I'm sorry, but Sam uh, no, Renahan says, Renahan. Sam Waldron's a different Reformed Baptist guy. What Sam Renahan says is you can think about those other covenants, right, um, Abrahamic, Mosaic, Davidic, as scaffolding that is building up the structure of the church, right? B- building up the people of God until we have the new covenant established. And once the new covenant is established, then those old covenants are then taken away, at least in part. They're, they're taken away so that what stands then is this new covenant, this covenant of grace in which the people of God who comprise it are all those who have been born of the Spirit. Mm. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a helpful way to, to think about it. Yeah, I like that. And um, at least to give you a little bit more clarity, perhaps, on, on talking about it. And again, in a 30-minute podcast, all we can do really is, is yeah. give you um, our best summary of it. And we're not, I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that could write uh, a comprehensive book on covenant theology. I'm not that level of uh, theological scholar. So we would point you to other books, but what we want to do in, in these type of podcasts is introduce you to the concept and yeah. to the idea, and then point you to those, to those resources that are going to help you really begin to grasp it. And again, like I said earlier, um, if you disagree with it, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, that's your prerogative. But you at least ought to read primary sources. You ought to read yeah. people that are arguing for this. So when you read the, the New Covenant Theology heresy, not heresy, uh, when you read the New Covenant Theology false doctrine, or, <laughs> or you read, that's a whole other way of looking at this stuff. Um, but I, and I'm really joking. I have friends that are New Covenant theologians. Um, read those guys. Don't read Covenant theologians talking about New Covenant theologians and decide that the New Covenant theologians are wrong. Read the New Covenant theologians. Guys. Don't just read Covenantal theologians on dispensationalists and then conclude dispensationalists are wrong. Read the dispensationalists. Yeah. You guys yep. should be reading... Um, a little bit of everybody so that you have a better understanding of what each other believes and what the strongest arguments are. So get going on this stuff, and it's going to help you. And I'll tell you, like, why do we care about covenant theology? What does this matter? I'll tell you why it matters. Because it helps you to understand the whole of Scripture. And if you want to understand all of God's Word, if you want to be able to put the pieces together in such a way that you can communicate it to others and be enriched by it personally, then you you, you do need to have a framework. And this, in, in my estimation, as I read Scripture, this is the best framework for understanding all of it. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J. Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audiovisual photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com and he will hook you up today. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo. You can follow us on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to the website. Uh, there you can click on the Contact Us page, the Sign Up page, or even on the store. Uh, support the podcast in that way. You can uh, go to iTunes, leave us an honest five-star review Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesday. Later. Later. Later.